Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant, and it is good to have you here with us today. We are in December. We are uh, coming up on the end of the year. Excited for that. You know, this is a good time of year. Things start to wind down. Look back, celebrate on the year that's been. 2015 has been a great year. Really stoked about the things that, I don't know, just how the year's gone and uh, looking forward to next year. Next year's going to be epic, and I'm really excited about that. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and tease this out. In just a couple weeks, we've got some big news I want to share with you about the podcast. So be on the lookout for that, my friends. That's going to be coming to you uh, December 27th, I believe, is the uh, episode date that's going to be coming at you. So heads up for that. It's going to be fun. Excited to share that with you. All right, today, let's get into today's story and journey. Today, we've got my buddy uh, Nathan Chan who runs Founder Magazine. Nathan is just a smart dude and just a uh, entrepreneur, online hustler, just a, a good guy. And uh, so excited to share his story, his journey with you on how he has built this online magazine. Early on, whenever he started this online magazine, he actually got a uh, landed an interview with Richard Branson. So it's like, how do you connect with a guy like that when you're just getting started? So we talk about that, and especially for people that are interested in how you would actually go about building some type of online magazine. What are the some of those steps you would want to take you would need to take. So we get into that in today's conversation as well. So let's get right into it, my friends. Here you go, my chit chat with Nathan Chan. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Excited to bring you another delightful episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we're joined by my buddy Nathan Chan, who runs a Founder Magazine which is a digital magazine for uh, people just challenging them to think outside the box about what is possible with business and life. So excited to hear his story and journey today. So Nathan, what's up, buddy? How you doing today? Not much, man. Just uh, it's early in the morning here in Melbourne, Australia, and just about to start my day. Uh, thank you so much for having me, bro. But he, I'm good. He's got this soothing Australian accent that just lulls you in. <laughs> it just brings you in. So people are like, ah, oh, man, he's an Australian. I can listen to this for a while. So, okay, so you run Founder. You founded Founder. So what is Founder Magazine? What do you guys do? So Founder is a digital magazine on the App Store and Google Play Store targeting mobile and tablet devices about entrepreneurship. And what we're trying to do with it is really show people what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and and just give a happy alternative to the traditional publications out there in terms of entrepreneurship where we really try and go deep on, I guess, giving actual strategical tactical-based advice on how to build and grow your business. So it's not a an actual physical magazine we could just go pick up from the newsstand, but it's purely digital, purely lives as an app itself? Yeah, purely digital. Like I never went down the uh, physical publication route because I think print is a dying trade, man. Yeah, yeah. It certainly seems that way. So you have no interest in ever doing something physical with it. No, maybe we might do like in the near future, like something fun where it's like the best articles from the past two years all wrapped into like one kind of like magazine, but it'd be like a special 
maybe be even like almost like a book, like a coffee table style book. Yeah. But yeah, no, nothing like regular print. Nah, that doesn't. It doesn't really excite me, man. In fact, it scares me just to think of the costs. <laughs> so for you, Founder is not just a, you know, like this pretty newsletter that you throw up every now and then. I mean, you treat it like a true magazine publication and there's articles and I mean, it's well laid out. It's well designed. It comes out on a consistent schedule. So uh, kind of talk us through that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. So look, I'll be really clear with you, Grant, just around, you know, how I got into this. I started Founder while I was working my full-time job. So we launched March 5th, 2013. So we've been out for about two and a half years. And I just started with the magazine. But as things have progressed, we've turned into a multifaceted platform, not just a magazine. And I guess what happened was I was you know, working in my day job. I was doing work that didn't really fulfill me. I was looking for, you know, work that excited me and I read a lot of business books and I was trying to get into this entrepreneurship thing, never started a business before and I just got so sick and tired of the work I was doing, so frustrated that I was like, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this, I'm going to have to pull my finger out and finally do something and I, and I played around with like websites and a little bit of online marketing stuff it was really like really embarrassing stuff. Like I remember I started this website called bestsmellingcologne.net and I was trying to uh, – The .net is what makes it. <laughs> you know, I reckon the domain is what makes it. And anyone that was searching in Google that was like – because I identified that that was like a hot long tail keyword, you know, I'd try and get people to rank – try and get people to click on an affiliate link from giving a review on a cologne over like reading a review of a cologne, which was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I tried a little bit of that, but I was like, enough is enough. And, you know, I went down this path where I, I identified that there wasn't really a magazine in the space in terms of digital or print. There wasn't really a, a magazine in the space in the entrepreneurship slash business category targeting not only young entrepreneurs but people that hadn't started a business before or were novice. I think a lot of these other publications go off the assumption that you already have a business. Right. And you and me both know that there's a big proportion of people that want to start a business right now or they're interested in this space because the internet has changed the game. So I wanted to be able to tap into that market and I wanted to be able to fuel this revolution that's taking place where people are starting businesses for, you know, next to nothing from their bedroom and, you know, building multi-million dollar companies and all sorts of crazy stories that you hear now. Right. I wanted to find out, you know, what does that take? What does that mean? I knew podcasts were hot. I knew this whole interview thing was hot, but for some reason I didn't want to, I don't know why, but I didn't want to start a podcast back then. We've got a podcast now. We launched about a year ago, but that was only from repurposing content. But back then, I wanted to do this magazine and that's what I did. And we, you know, I'm curious why a magazine, but I want to come back to that. So let's backtrack a little bit. So you said you were doing this kind of uh, office job, this desk job that you just hate. What were you doing at the time prior to founder? Yeah. So I was working a support in doing it. So like a support engineer, my background's actually in it. So I was fixing computers, crawling under desks, connecting them up 
really degrading kind of work. So you can see how it was like people would call me up on the phone and be like, hey, Nathan, my password doesn't work. Can you reset it for me? Or, hey, Nathan, my mouse doesn't work. Can you come around and check this out? Or my keyboard doesn't work. Can you check this out? Right. And uh, you can see how it was like slowly, slowly just chipping away at me. Slow death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, yeah, I just knew I just had to do something. And I just – this opportunity to publish a magazine came around because funnily enough, I did something called – the 30-Day Challenge. Have you heard of that by Ed Dale? I don't think I have. No, tell us about it. So Ed Dale is like a, a really super savvy internet marketer. He's one of the best out there. And funny enough, he lives in Melbourne just by coincidence. And uh, he has this like free course that teaches you how to make your first dollar online. And that's how the best-smelling cologne thing came about. <laughs> and awesome. <laughs> and you know, I was obviously on his email list, and we all know the power of uh, of having you know engage people on your email newsletter. And this this opportunity came around where he was, you know, creating this software that allowed you to create your own digital magazine. And I thought it was just such a brilliant idea. And you know, during that period, I was also studying a master's of marketing. So I thought that you know I wanted to work in marketing. I'd leave my IT job and work in marketing. So you know, I went away to France to finish off the rest of my degree while I still kept my day job. And before I left, I purchased the software that allowed me to produce the magazine. And that was in mid-2012. And when I came back at the end of 2012, I said, I'm going to start this magazine. I started working on the magazine while well, still working my day job. And yeah, look, I thought it was a brilliant idea. I thought that, you know, all of those things, like I thought that interviews were really hot. I identified that there wasn't really a magazine in the space that really spoke to aspiring and novice stage entrepreneurs and young people. And, you know, with all my naivety, just launched. Right. So I'm curious, though, at the time, it sounds like you weren't necessarily looking to start a magazine. You were just looking for something other than crawling under desks and resetting passwords for people. Is that right? Like just somehow, I just want to be in the game. I don't know what that looks like though. Yeah, exactly. So whenever you first heard from this one guy about the 30-day challenge and the idea of the software for the magazine kind of came on your radar, was immediately like, oh, this is it. Like this is what I've been looking for. Or what was your initial reaction when you first came across this type of software? I just thought, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is it, boom. But I wasn't 100% sure, man. Like I wasn't 100% that like two and a half years later, you know, that we're doing the things we're doing today. I'm talking to you right now. I wasn't 100%. I was just kind of like, yeah, this could be something, but I was not that sure. Right. So was it when you try it, is it just like, let's just try one more thing and throw it against the wall here and this just happens to be a magazine? Or how long were you playing with the idea of the magazine before you finally felt like, I think I might have something here. Yeah, look, I think there was something there. Like when I purchased software, I think there was something there. Or before I purchased software, I think there was something there. Like I thought I could make it work. But I did I did say one clear, distinct thing, Grant, and that was I'll give it a crack for a year and see what happens. Yeah. Why a year? Like how do you come up with that time frame? Because I think there's there, – and I think it's super helpful for people to have some type of time frame because I know there's a lot of people listening that are like, I'm going to try something, 
but I don't know whether it's worth sticking with or throwing in the towel or pivoting or what. So putting some type of parameter on it is a good thing, but why a year? Why not, you know, a couple months or a couple years? Yeah, that's a really good question, Grant. I don't really have an answer, to be honest, <laughs> man. Like, it was just like, just put a year on it. I think a year is a decent enough time to be able to give something a good crack. And you know after a year if you're wasting your time, I think. Yeah, I've kind of got this. I don't know. You tell me what you think. I was talking with someone about this the other day that I think like your own personal intuition is really, really undervalued in business. Like I think mm. when you're doing things, I think it's really easy to feel like I have this sense like this is either going to work or it's not. And so you know – you know, and it may take a year to kind of have that sense, but you kind of have the sense like this is going to work or it's not, or I'm going to be able to pull the plug. Did you ever have that sense with Founder, like even early on that you feel like, I think, you know, I can't explain it. I can't articulate it. Or there's not like some, this one metric I'm looking at, but I just have the sense that if we keep doing this thing, that it's going to work. Yeah. I think after a couple of months of doing it, I was like, yeah, I can make this work. Gotcha. So, but go ahead. I must say though, Grant, it took me about a year to build it up to leave my job. And, you know, all the way up until that year, I, I definitely doubted myself. I definitely felt like an imposter. You know, I definitely was looking for answers and was looking for the approval for people to say, yes, you should continue with this. Why did you feel like such an imposter? Well, I was creating a magazine about entrepreneurship and I was, I, I, I knew nothing about <laughs> entrepreneurship. <laughs> I was just someone like, you know, knew nothing about publishing a magazine. I, I didn't know anything about design. This is my first serious business. You know, also I think a big thing was when it's your first business, you just don't know. Like you just you just got no idea. Like you, you literally have no idea. Like you don't even know if your numbers are good or bad. Right. What do you have to draw from experience? And I think that naivety actually kept me going as well, Grant, because I know that there were a lot of people that started magazines when I did, but I kept going. There were people that started magazines and they, they gave up and I kept going because I had nothing else. Like it wasn't like, you know, I've got a prospering business now and we're doing this magazine as a test and like, you know, it took a while to build up. No, nah, it's not worth our time. Forget about it. I literally had nothing. I had to make it work and that's what I did, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I just, I'd never done anything like this before. Right. And it's always, it feels like such a balance of, I feel like this is going to work, and so I'm, I want to be confident, but I'm also, like, I don't want to be completely naive that I'm just wasting a bunch of time, but, you know, I want to give it a shot. So how did you kind of balance mm. that of going like, you know, the balance of I'm confident, but I also have, I feel like in some ways I may be in over my head and I'm wondering what am I doing here? How did you kind of navigate that just even internally? Yeah, look, the best answer I have for you there, Grant, was, and this is a good one for your audience, is because we're a monthly publication and I don't like to let people down and I don't like to, you know, certainly not sell something and not deliver, I just had to keep pushing. I just had to keep shipping. Like right. still to this day, you know, 40 issues, almost 40 issues we've produced we're up to issue, I think 33 or 34. Like we've still, you know, if you're on a monthly subscription, you're going to get your magazine. 
for that month. And I think, you know, that has forced me to constantly keep shipping, constantly keep producing, constantly keep serving our market and just being extremely consistent. And during the times that I was doubting myself, during the times I wasn't sure, during the times I was thinking, you know, am I on the right path or am I going to turn this into something? I just had no choice but to just keep working on it, keep pushing, keep, you know, just producing epic quality content every month. So you were, for one year, you were doing both. You were doing the regular day job, plus you were trying to build the magazine. What was that year like in terms of just your schedule and time and commitment to doing it all? Yeah, so it was about 13, 14 months it took me to build it up to replace my income and operating costs so I could leave my job. That was really tough, man. A lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings. I used to do interviews sometimes on my lunch break. But you know what? I reckon I work harder now than I did in my day job because I think I was just focusing on that one thing, just the magazine. Like now we've found, oh, you know, we have like uh, we're doing a lot of content marketing for the blog. So we produce a lot of content there. We're doing a weekly podcast. We're doing monthly magazine. Then we've got all these products. We're doing weekly webinars and like guest blogging and interviews and like there's so many more moving pieces and parts. Back then I was just focusing on the magazine. All I had to do was optimize the magazine so we can get more traffic, downloads and sales and also just keep producing epic quality magazine issues and doing epic interviews and and getting high quality guests. And from there, that was my only focus. But yeah, look, that was tough, dude. Like there was – you know, some five-hour days or four-hour days where I just only sleep like four or five hours. But it's all about hustle, man. Like uh, in the end, especially like after the first six months, I wanted it really bad. I started to meet like-minded entrepreneurs where eventually it came to the point where it's like it's not a matter of if I can build Founder Up to leave my job. It was a matter of when. Gotcha. And that's what happened. So when you're starting the magazine, did you charge from the beginning or was there, did you give it away for a period or how did that kind of work in terms of just the financial side of it? Yeah. So we charged from the beginning and we made $5 on the first day. $5. You're, you're swimming <laughs> in it. This is yeah, it. You're killing it, man. <laughs> killing it, bro. <laughs> so five bucks. Uh, were you just doing it? Because I know today that you offer, you know, one-off issues as well as just the variety of different subscription models. So how long did it take you to start getting additional subscribers and how did you get the word out? Oh, man. Just cold, hard hustle, bro. Like the first day we launched, you know, we had 80 downloads and two people purchased a one-off purchase of the magazine, like the issue one. And, uh, you know, the second day we got, I think, no purchases. Like it's just, I think the best way we got the word out was, one, app store optimization, piggybacking off big brands like Entrepreneur Magazine, Fast Company, Forbes. So whenever anybody searched for those magazines, Founder came up. A big turning point for us was when I interviewed Richard Branson and that was four months in and that was issue number eight and we made that issue free and we also used the Richard Branson cover a lot which doubled our downloads and then we used it also as the first screenshot that you see when you're searching and and we really played on that fact and we you know kept optimizing the funnel and 
that's when we really start to ramp things up. And the beautiful thing about subscription-based business models is as long as you keep your current subscribers and customers happy, you just have to get more. Right. Let's Okay, let's talk about that eighth issue there. You're four months in. You land Richard Branson. You're a brand new digital publication. How in the crap do you get someone like Richard Branson to agree to do any type of interview or story with you? Yeah, so look, I'll be really very clear, man. I pitched for a Skype interview and he said no. Like his team come back to me, he said no, but they can do an email interview. And I took that and ran with that. <laughs> and uh, how, like, how did you? How did you even get that? Did you like? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. who do you email? Who do you contact? How does that play out? Yeah, let's work it back. So, first things first, I made a lot of phone calls. The first kind of place that I started looking was I looked who publishes books, and then you have to get in touch with the publisher. So, if you want to get interviews with hard to reach people, a great way to do it is contact the publisher that publishes their books if they have a book. And then I tracked that back to the head of PR. She actually doesn't, I tried contacting her a few weeks ago. She doesn't work there anymore, but they must have a new head of PR. And, anyways, what happened was, you know, I just kept trying to get in contact with her, you know, three or four missed calls later, I got in touch with her and she was the person that I needed to speak to that gave me the yes or no. And, uh, she's, uh, was based in London. And I remember I called her up on the phone, no emails, man, pure phone calls, you know, like sales 101, yeah. you know, business development, you know, getting on the phones and, yeah, I remember I just pitched her and I remember she said like, you know, please understand we get like, you know, she's like, wow, how long have you been around for? I was like, oh, four months. And she's like, wow, you're really new. And I was like, yeah. And I was like super nervous, stumbling. And I put so much emphasis on being able to get this interview because I thought it would be a game changer for the business that I didn't want to blow it. And she said, look, send me an email and I promise I will get back to you, but it might be a while. And then uh, I sent a really good email, played on the fact that uh, Sir Richard Branson's first business venture was, in fact, a student magazine. And, yeah, he said yes, and then we kind of ran with that, and we've used that as a massive springboard to grow the business and build, I guess, our authority and use it as leverage. Yeah, I was going to say, once you land something like that, the leverage opportunity is massive. You know, it's like... Oh, if you can get Richard, well, yeah, sure, I'll sign up, I'll join, uh, whether it's be as a subscriber or whether it be just getting other interviews. So it seems like that was a real tipping point for you guys. Yeah, most definitely, man. I think that was a massive tipping point that really allowed us to build that momentum. And, uh, you know, you fast forward today and it's like there is no person that we will not pitch or not interview now like, or try an interview. And uh, it's really good fun. Gotcha. Let's talk about it from this perspective. Let's say there's someone that's listening that's like, okay, I'm intrigued by doing my own publication, my own magazine, digital or physical or whatever it may be. What advice, what strategies or tips would you give if someone's wanting to start their own magazine and wanting to do it today? Yeah, I think first things first, be prepared to play the long game. It is a very hard slog. It's certainly not for everyone. It's not it's probably, you know, not the best business model, let's be honest. <laughs> but I think this is what I worked out, Grant. With a magazine, it's a very, very good way to position yourself as an influencer. And then it's all about building a multifaceted platform where you have 
you know, you focus on building your email newsletter. You have, uh, you know, a range of other products and you can do events and you can do sponsorships and advertising, but you don't just make money from subscriptions. So that's my biggest piece of advice for anyone that's looking to do a magazine. Don't think of it as just the magazine is your sole form of income. And that's something that I'm glad that we've worked out pretty early on in the piece and we've been able to, you know, like think of it as growing a platform and not just a magazine. And then... Yeah, I think be prepared to play the long game. It takes a very long time. And then another piece of advice that I'd give is really, really make sure that you ship. Like if you're going to do a monthly, if you're going to do quarterly, you're going to do bi-monthly, whatever it is, you stick to those deadlines. And another thing is really make sure you do make it really well designed. Yeah. I think, you know, now we live in a day and age where design is so important And, you know, if your stuff looks crap, people are not going to trust you. They're not going to get excited about your work or your product or your website. And I think just when you have great design, great branding, it triggers an emotion that gets people excited that just cannot be described. And that's what you really want to tap into. And of course, you know, it goes without saying, you know, this is an obvious one, but I will mention it. You want to make sure that your content's, you know, bloody well damn good. Because, you know, if it's not, well, you know, you're wasting your time. You mentioned that with Founder, you guys are doing more than just creating a magazine. You're trying to build a platform. So what are the other pieces of your platform that you guys have been developing? And how have those things come to be? Like if someone's saying, okay, it may not be a magazine, but it may be I've got my kind of foundational piece, which in your case is going to be a magazine, kind of the hub. How did you kind of determine like, I guess what other spokes would go into what other pieces of the platform should be a part of it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I just like when I left my job, I took a step back and was just like, okay, well, what's next? Because funnily enough, Grant, when I left my job, I was thinking of doing other apps and I was thinking of doing an e-commerce business. Like, you know, you know what entrepreneurs are like, man, just got so many ideas. Shiny objects. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then, you know what, I just thought about it. I was like, you know what, let's just focus on founder and let's create other things like other assets or other things underneath the brand. And then it's like, you know, two birds with one stone. So I just took a step back and I was like, okay, well, who else is doing cool stuff that we can look to model? Who else is you know, crushing it out there and doing really great stuff in terms of serving entrepreneurs. And also, how can we find more leverage? So the first thing I identified was, okay, well, we've got these epic interviews that, you know, we were doing. And the interviews, like I do interviews on Skype, just like how we're speaking right now. And then we, and then, you know, I give that interview to a writer and they turn into a feature article. And that interview actually gets edited and put inside the magazine, which is the beauty of digital So we had all these audio interviews that we were just sitting on inside the magazine. I was just like, you know what? Like I'm doing a disservice to the world. Let's create a podcast and put them out there. And then, you know, so then we worked on the podcast and then we started, you know, we redid the website. Like I'll be really clear, Grant, when I first launched Founder, it was just a basic landing page. That was the case for a very long time, for at least a good year. You can go to the Wayback Machine and you can see how embarrassing our first version of our website was. <laughs> that Wayback uh, so, Machine will come back and yeah, bite you. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, we created an awesome site to reflect the brand. And then we started getting into the content marketing thing and, and producing 
blog content. And then also we started focusing on social and we started building the brand for doing all those things. And then I was just like, okay, what else can we do? And then I, uh, funnily enough, you know, when I was trying to build the magazine, build a brand, we started doing some really cool stuff on Instagram. And a lot of people started asking me, you know, how we're doing this because we got to like 10,000 followers in two weeks and, you know, it was exploding the magazine. And a lot of people started asking me, you know, how are you doing this? And we wrote a blog post and that blog post absolutely crushed it on our website. And I was like, you know, people were like, oh, can you do some consulting for me, Nathan, this and that? And like, I don't have time to do that consulting piece. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll create a course. And then, you know, that really hit it off. And then I was like, okay, well, this courses stuff can be really, really powerful. So now we're going down this path of creating other, you know, digital products and courses. And, you know, the courses thing is, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry, you know, online courses. And I think we're very well uh, positioned to tap into that. We've got a massive audience. So let's keep serving our audience. They need more help. And yeah, it's just been a natural progression grant from just speaking to our audience, speaking to our community and just working out what's working, finding as much leverage as we can for our content and looking at other businesses that are, you know, maybe not in our industry, but doing similar stuff to us that are absolutely crushing it and looking to model that. Interesting. Very cool. Well, Nathan, if people are intrigued and interested and Founder Magazine want to check out what you guys are up to, where can we go? And you, you guys got the podcast as well. So where can we find all of this goodness? Yeah, yeah. So if you go to foundermag.com, F-O-U-N-D-R-Mag.com, so it's founder without the E, and that's a whole other story why we made it that, but uh, foundermag.com, love to see you. You can't tease us like that. Give us the quick and dirty version. Why no E? Okay. So in the first four months, around the time that I got the interview with Richard Branson, we were sued for trademark infringement. So the magazine actually wasn't even called Founder. It was called something else. And we had to relaunch like the magazine, change the name and redo the branding everywhere. And I wanted to make sure the next time around that no one had that name. So we took out the E and it's cool. Nice. <laughs> it's cool, funky, you know? <laughs> nice. Very cool. So Founder Mag without the E, foundermag.com. We'll link up to that in the show notes, but definitely stop by and check that out. So Nathan, thanks for the time, buddy. Enjoyed hearing your story and journey. You're welcome, Grant. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with Nathan Chan of foundermagazine.com. Cool story, cool journey about uh, the uh, online magazine that they're building there. Cool stuff there. So, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it. I was trying to think if I've got anything else pressing to tell you. I don't think I do. So let's just wrap it up, my friends. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.